Welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. We're on season four, episode number 42. This is the songs edition. Andy, how are you? Doing good. How about you? Good. It's the last day of August, August 31st, 2023, Labor Day weekend coming up. Tonight is our songs episode, uh, songs edition, album review. We're going to cover an album we've never, uh, or even a band we've never covered before. Andy, we've almost completed four seasons and we've never done Fleetwood Mac. Which is odd. Yeah, there were more late 70s, early 80s, not our our uh, spectrum there, but still a well-known band, very influential band. Well, I, I had looked through and I thought that we've done at least one um, of their albums at one time, or at least the greatest hits or something, but we never did. So I picked the album Rumors to, dis- to discuss. Today. All right. Uh, All right. Here's the album cover, Andy. Once again, Fleetwood Mac always had pretty good album covers, album design, uh, design work. And this is kind of clean and simple. uh, But remember, it's 1977. And so this is old school for uh, for our newer listeners. You know, this is this goes way back. But for us, this was kind of uh, songs we heard in junior high and high school. So. Rumors is the 11th studio album by British-American rock band Fleetwood Mac, released February 1977. Now, the recording sessions took place in the aftermath of several relationship breakups among the band members. Keyword, band members. In addition to heavy drug drug use, both of which shaped the album's direction and lyrics. And and so, Andy, we know, uh, you know, from listening to... Uh, to many songs in the past, uh, and, and including a lot of Kiss songs and lyrics from Gene Simmons, oh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of love songs, a lot of a lot of songs about relationships, of course. But this was relationships, almost kind of like Heart, where the relationships was in and amongst the band members themselves. Then you write the lyrics, then you sing the songs, and if you're broke up or not with that person, you're still performing. Then on stage, on tour. <laughs> In the recording studio, I just can't even imagine uh, what the band members are going through when they did this. And obviously, drugs, heavy drugs, it does say, was in use. So, you know, they recorded this with the intention of making a pop album. Now, what's your thoughts on that, Andy? They wanted to do a pop album that would that would expand on the commercial success of their previous album from 1975, their self-titled album, Fleetwood Mac, which was huge. And so... They wanted to ride the coattails, but do you think that was a good idea? Yes and no at the time. I mean, they said this was what, their 11th album? Yep. Yeah, they've so, been around the block. So they've been around for a while. They were kind of wanted to start, you know, spread your wings, get uh, something different. And music was changing a lot in 77. Disco was dying. Hard rock was starting to pick up a little bit. Punk was kind of picking up a little bit. <clears throat> so they kind of had the, the pop rock, their genre, all to themselves, really. I mean, yeah, Heart was around. There's other bands around, don't get me wrong, but they kind of were kings of their castle. So they had the chance to try something. And I think Fleetwood Mac was comfortable enough in their popularity where if we try something, we fall on our face, yeah, we come back with the next album. They weren't, it wasn't a make or break if they change it. It was a let's change it and see what happens. Gotcha. I see. So basically, you know, they had the luxury of this wasn't That's a make it or break it. They they were already coming off a good album, and they had a lot of fans, a lot of support, and the record label gave them lots of money. Um, and and so Which it, they started up their nose. They 
we'll get to that right. later but you know the the amount of drugs and and drugs and alcohol that were available to them for basically for free and the money that they had coming at them to go to parties and whatnot and this was 1975 in the height of you know cal berkeley uh, was was going on they were in the san francisco area over there uh sausalito in the bay in 1975 when the height of all this stuff was going on in the hippie movement you know they weren't up in washington uh vancouver washington like heart kind of uh kind of out of this they were in the mix of it and i think that's what blew me away by what by reading this they were in the middle of everything and uh this was just amazing the amount of uh, in not a good or a bad way but the amount of the drug use, I just can't even imagine uh, that everything was right there at their fingertips. And they mentioned the word excess, the excess that was there available and what they did. And then, so, so you throw some relationships in the mix, who knows? Now you have a number one album. Um, of course that sells. Now rumors was an instant commercial success selling over 10 million copies within the, just the first month of Ritz release first month, Andy. Yeah. Now, uh, we do most of our album reviews here with heavy metal and some 80, you know, 80s and 90s hair band metals that, that don't sell 10 million in a lifetime in a career for a band. Right. This was 10 in a month on a single album. I mean, that's how that's how big they were. Now, this album won album of the year in the 1978 Grammy Awards, received diamond certifications in several countries, including the UK, Canada, Australia, and the US where it was certified 21 times platinum. I'll repeat that, 21. And over worldwide, they've sold 40 million copies. Now, this, this album is the sixth best selling of the 70s. Now, you know the, the amount of music, good music that came out in the 70s? Oh, yeah. Exactly. I'm talking, you know, just, you know, Black Sabbath, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin kind of stuff. Not, yeah. not to mention the Doors and everything else that came out. The Beatles. This was the Albert. sixth best-selling album and the rolling stones were in that mix i mean this i was uh blown away by some of these stats uh this album is actually the ninth ninth best-selling album of all time so you know often considered by the fans uh or often considered even by fleetwood max you know this is their magnum opus Uh, rumors has frequently been cited as one of the group one of the greatest albums of all time um this album was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in wow. 2003. Now, I don't know if I've even ever heard of that. Oh, yeah, I didn't know they could put albums in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, it's the genre. The genre is pop rock and soft rock. So it it really spreads the males, females. It, yeah. it covers a lot of demographic. It's only 38 minutes, 58, 55 seconds long. Recorded 1976, released in 77 on Warner Brothers. So they released the songs Go Your Own Way, December of 76, huge. Then they released Dreams. Then they released Don't Stop. Then they released You Make Love and Fun. It all went into the top 10. So yeah, it's it's an interesting, um, in in Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest albums of all time, it's obviously in that. It's also mentioned uh, as uh, significant by the library of congress has this album because it's it's deemed culturally culturally and historically significant for the culture i just uh yeah so it's selected for preservation in the national recording registry 
for the Library of Congress. So some of the stuff, you know, our 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 average listeners, Andy, just like some heavy metal. They like some hard rock. They like some yep. good music. But uh, I don't think many of them are aware of the Library of Congress for these albums. But right. it's a it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So the these uh, these songs did get extensive radio exposure. Now Which you mentioned one? they only released four songs off this album. Four songs. Yeah, my favorite song is one they never released, and that's Secondhand News. Yes, and most songs are people going to know the songs. Yeah, because um, they you still hear them on the radio later on, or it's been in a movie or TV show, or we had this thing in the day, kids called the jukebox. You play the B side every now and then. That's okay. that's where these songs became. There was another one of those bands that just became popular that way. Like we said, the pre-show meeting, they were a three-headed monster as a singer with three different sing- or band with three different singers. So, yes. song the whole album. If you like just Lindsey Buckingham and his three songs, you still bought the whole album. If you like just Christine McVie and her three, or four songs, you bought the whole album. Unlike today, this album, if it was released today, you could just pick the few songs you liked. And I don't know if they would have done the sales. Yeah, there are there are bands that have done that with multiple vocalists that that um, draw fans from two different sides, and both groups of fans end up buying the whole album. And that, that that's a that works, and and for Fleetwood Mac, it certainly works. So I know we've been talking a lot about the. Let's go through the personnel, and then I've yep. got some good stories here for you because um, uh, a lot of people can't name all the band members for Fleetwood Mac. So Lindsey Buckingham okay. on, on this I, album. You could you could name them all, them all right? Yes. And I, I I am one that could not. I'm not a big Fleetwood Mac fan. Um, but this is interesting. We know all the players involved. Lindsey Buckingham guitars, vocals. Stevie Nicks vocals. Christine McVie recently died last November. Yep. Vocals. John McVie bass, and that was the her husband at one time. Her husband. Oh, so now you got a marriage in the mix here. And then Mick Fleetwood on drums. He's so, the gentleman standing in that picture. He's the gentleman standing there. Uh, he was the dad, the data, big papa, a big daddy. What they call him? What was his nickname there? I don't know. He was awesome though. Uh, he he was the uh, the guy. So here is the stories um, as far as the rumors. Now here's how the name of the of the album got going. So press intrusions into the band members' lives led to inaccurate stories. And this is where the rumors came up. So when I read this, think of the TV program TMZ or think of uh, today's world, Twitter, people following, and, 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 you know, social media yeah. uh, of things like this and how it could have gotten out of control and how bad this got for this band, but how easy they had it because they weren't living in today's world. Let's leave it at that. If, if they were today's... So the press was in their life. So Christine McVie was reported to have been in the hospital with a serious illness while Buckingham and Nix were declared the parents of Fleetwood's daughter Lucy after being photographed with her. They said, no, 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 that that's that's not it. There's a photograph float, floating around. Uh, are they the real parents? Yep. Uh, so they had to dispel that. The press also wrote about a rumored return of the original Fleetwood Mac members, um, you know, because this was their, their 10 year anniversary was coming up. And are they going to reunite with the original band? Stories of that got out. They said, no, 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 there's no reunion, you know, knock it off, guys. You know, this is like a TMZ. They, they had to keep right. the rumors around the same time. The, the original band members were thinking, hey, you know, hey, is this true? What's what's the deal? Are we getting back together? And so 
They're spending all this time dispelling the rumors. Now, the uh, uh, Fleetwood has also noted the tremendous emotional sacrifices made by everyone just to attend the studio work. And, um, you know, they had to get rid of their uh, previous uh, producer. They got a different producer. Uh, and so lots of things were going on. They were basically spending all their time dispelling the rumors. So they called the album Rumors. Now, they're also not helping the cause by, uh, you know, helping <laughs> create these because they, the rumors uh, of themselves were uh, were in the, the relationships within the band. So it was interesting. Now, the interesting thing is here, I'll get your thoughts on this, Andy. In February, they started re uh, recording at the record plant in Sal Salcedo, California. They hired the engineers. They kept getting things ready. And they rented out some condominiums near the city's harbor. Uh, the male guys in the band stayed at the studio's lodge in the adjacent hills. And they started recording. Lots of things. Lot, lots of things. They tried a lot of different things. And they found out they had problems with speakers. They had problems. They found out the rooms, uh, the ambiance uh, was not right. The acoustics were not right. And so they did a lot of things and had to redo them. And, and it got to be... Uh, a, a tall order. Now, here is where it comes in. Fleetwood and McVee, uh, McVee, uh, the McVees came from an improv, improvisational blues rock background. Okay, so they they came from an improv, improv, improvisational um, background. Lindsey Buckingham, you know, was a classically <laughs> classically trained musician. And so when they jammed, it was, you know, it was a lot of give and take. Uh, there were the different backgrounds of these, of these folks. Lindsey Buckingham, very, very talented. The rest are talented. But Lindsey's background, uh, Lindsey Buckingham, very talented individual. And so they had to get on the same page when they jammed. They had to get on the same similar sense of, of the musicality. And um, what's your thoughts, Andy, uh, on Lindsey Buckingham as a musician, as as far as how talented this man is? I just I thought Lindsey Buckingham was so so talented. Um, his solo stuff because when they all kind of went their solo ways at the end, that was the MTV era, and uh, I was kind of a big big into the Lindsey Buckingham stuff then, which got me back into the older Fleetwood Mac stuff, going back in his catalog there, um, and. He just – I don't want to say he was ahead of his time. He wasn't that type of talent. But he was a little bit ahead of everybody else. He could he he pictured it and got it right away. So I always, I always appreciated his work. Yeah, and what they did here at this uh, – at the record plant uh, studio is they tried doing things. I mentioned a little bit, uh, uh, you know, moving the drums, uh, recording the drums from a different room. Um, with a partition around it, without a partition around it, with the keyboards kept uh, kept away from the drums to record it that way, and sometimes with the keyboards close to the drums. They tried all these things. They even tried using different sets of microphones and amplifiers that were closer, that were farther away. All these things, and after trying all these things, after nine days, they discovered, well, you could just adjust the sound effectively using the API mixing console. <laughs> Yeah, and remember this the 
the hourly rate of these studios to rent to get in the studio to do this was ex very expensive. They work trying all oh, these yeah. things. Nine days later, they said, "Well, you can just you know push these buttons and turn these knobs and get the same feel." Uh, you know, we have to do all this stuff. So it was. I found that uh, interesting. Yeah, they're trying to be smarter yes. than the system, and it didn't work. Sometimes uh, Fleetwood Mac would also create the best music when in the worst shape, meaning when tensions were in the band, when there were tensions between band members, members sometimes made the, the band, you know, better, um, better quality. Uh, very interesting. Yep. So now it gets into here the promotion and the release. They had it done. They planned a tour. Now they planned a worldwide tour. They had dates set up. Album wasn't ready. Album wasn't ready to be released. They had to back it off push some of these things back and cancel and then start it up again. So it was really a, it wasn't fun. I got the feeling this was a very stressful time for everybody because things just were not working. There was perfectionists involved um, with it. There was the overload of drugs. There was the relationships. Um, but anyway, it came down to the fact that most of the lyrics were focused on the various separations that became apparent to the band only in hindsight. Uh, some of these problems that they had turned out to be good songs and good lyrics because you look back at them and, and almost laugh. Uh, you Make Loving Fun is uh, Christy McVie, her boy, who, boyfriend at the time, was Fleetwood Mac's lighting director, whom she dated after splitting with John. <laughs> right. So, um, and then the song, uh, Go On Your Own Way. Um uh, Yep. is a little more pes pessimistic, but it's it's <laughs> they're all relationship songs, good, bad, and indifferent, and that's that's it. Uh, the song "Don't Stop," written by Christine Christie, uh, a song about optimism, and so the music features soft rock, pop rock sound, and a lot of good stuff. "Gold Dust Woman." Once again, it talks about uh, Stevie Nicks' struggle with cocaine addiction. So. The record, the reception was very good. Most of the the people reviewing it loved the album, loved the songs, and they they tried not to have a filler, not a single filler. They wanted to have all these songs that could be released potentially as a single. All these songs in the album could hold and stand on its own. That's a tough thing to do. We talked about that with Michael Jackson on Thriller. Um, yeah, Def Leppard, Pyromania. They wanted every single song to be perfect, and. That's, that's tough to do. The album was released after a debut at number seven. It peaked at the top of the charts in the UK in 1978 in January. And in the UK, 11th best-selling album in UK history. That I didn't know. Yep. Uh, Mick Fleetwood has called Rumors the most important album we ever made uh, because of its success allowed the group to continue recording for years to come. You know, so... Um, here's a track listing. Secondhand news, like you said, not released. Very good song. Yep. And once again, these songs, Andy, all three to four minutes long. Nothing big, nothing long. Yeah, no uh, big guitar solo or drum solo. It just boom, boom, boom. It just, it just works. Uh, secondhand news. Next song is Dreams. Lead vocals by Nix. Secondhand news. Lead vocals was Buckingham. Song three, Never Stop or Never Going Back Again, is Buckingham. Song four. Don't Stop with McVie and Buckingham. Next song is Go Your Own Way, sung by Buckingham. Songbird next by McVie. 
Next song, The Chain. This is Buckingham with Nix and McVie. You make love and fun. McVie, I don't want to know. Nix with Buckingham. Oh, Daddy. McVie. That's the nickname there for Mr. Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, Oh, Daddy. He was called the Daddy. Oh, Daddy. And then Gold Dust Woman. Very good song. Uh, possibly the best on the album, I think, as far as uh, personal personal favorites. So, Andy, what do you what do you think? Lots going on there. Um, I had a lot of information there. Uh, was some of that good? Yeah. Or some of that basically? Yeah, it was real good stuff. And you know, a lot of it is, you know, you, there was all, no pun intended on the oh, there was so many rumors about the band at the time. Um, like you said, you, here you're singing about a relationship that's gone sideways on you or bad on you, and he's playing guitar to the song, or he's the lighting guy to the song. Or he's your ex-husband over on bass. I I think they also knew I could leave and go on, but am I going to be as popular and have this camaraderie and these other talented musicians with me if I did? I think they just appreciate the music so much, it was worth the heartache and the pain to, to make to a good song. To fight it, yeah. So they went with it, but... I got to ask yourself for the, for the listeners in the crowd there, ask yourselves, you know, could you do that? Could you yeah. jump in after a relationship like that or a divorce or something that ended horribly and say, okay, I'll see you in the studio there Monday morning at eight o'clock. See you then. Oh, we got a big, we got a nine month tour coming up worldwide. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's amazing what these guys uh, did. It must not have been fun, but they sure have stories. I mean, they always say, you know, you don't, you don't shit where you eat. You don't <laughs> date somebody at work and here these guys, they did it. And made a great career out of it. Yes, good stuff. Uh, good album. Um, um, you've got some other notes here coming up, it looks like. Yep. Here yep. we go. Here we are. I got some other things. Some stuff. First things. of all. Yes. Last Saturday, I was at Mike Schmidt's backyard party. He is a member. He is Slash and Dustin Bones. Okay. Um, good times. It was good times. Um, I was telling a guy at work about this today. I said, yeah, I went to – this guy uh, does Slash and Dustin Bones at this backyard party where there. It was really neat. And he goes, was it any different than like being seen him like at Medina or uh, Route 47 or something like that? I said, yeah, it was different. I said, because – here, most of them were all friends already. I met some people from other bands there that we've had on the show. Um, it was just like everybody hanging out and Dustin Bones was playing. But if you go see it with Dinah, it's the same group of people, or not same same genre of people, but they're trying to dress in the same clothes they wore when they were 20 and they didn't fit then. Here we're all in our jeans and sweatshirts because it's kind of chilly that night and drinking beers and having a good time. I see, you know? yes. So it was a little more laid back. And okay. I was talking to one guy. I was there early enough. I saw the sound check, and they came out. And they weren't in in costume, if you will, doing the sound check. And I looked at one guy. I said, "God, it's like watching Kiss without the makeup." You know, it just you hear him, but you're not seeing him up there. You know, it's like that's not right. Seeing this, it felt wrong. You know, but no, they put on a great show. If you ever get a chance to see Dustin Bones, you need to make that time to go see them. Now, how often does Mike do this? Uh, Yearly. Oh, just once a year then? Yep, yep. Well, and it's been a while because of weather and COVID the last few years have been kind of missed. But uh, 
This is a yearly thing. That's fun. I want to try to get to that next year. Then that sounds yes. like a blast. Get to some new releases here. Like we said earlier, it's really hard to find a new album release. There's a few albums, but mostly bands are releasing songs. Talk about here. And a lot of these are going to be from Blabbermouth.net. Lynch Mob has a new album coming out, and their first single, Time After Time, coming. So George Lynch and his band, Lynch Mob, if you're into that, they're pretty good. A lot of these you can find on Spotify. Just look them up. Or go to Blabbermouth.net or find our Facebook page, and you'll find these links. K.K. Downing's K.K.'s Priest, Strike of the Viper single from the Sinner Rides Again album. So they got a new one out. Very good sounding band and song there. Lita Ford talks about on her interview, she's got a new album coming out. This record is real. So she's got a new one coming out for Lita Ford. Fog Hat, Dan. <laughs> Fog Hat. Wow. Sonic Mojo album details. Driving on music videos. So Foghead has some new stuff out. Wow. This is old school. The older brother will be proud. Yes. Foghead on the show. Volbeat is working on a new studio album for next year. I don't plan to I'm, I'm kind of into Volbeat. I like listening to them. I don't know if you've ever yeah, heard you of them. You mentioned that. I've not gotten into them yet, but they yeah. sound pretty good. I've heard good things. Yes, they are. Check them out. Mention my name. Yes. Brian Setzer's got a new song coming out, The Devil Always Collects. Uh, big Brian Setzer guy from He's the Stray Cats. A local dude, right? I believe so, yes. Have to have him on the show, maybe. Yes. Get get Kevin the intern on that. Okay. Him and Oswald can work on that together. He played, yeah, he played uh, up at Maple Plain at the Iron Exchange last year on a free show, I believe. Yeah, free show was last minute on a Friday night or something like that, yeah. It was packed. Uh, I stopped in there to get a beer or something, and um, uh, it was you could not see see the guy. Well, he's not real tall to start with, so. <laughs> oh, nice. I just want to remind you that the day without music. Just kidding. I don't know what it's like to have a day without music. So, just remember that as you go through life. Some concerts. Our friends, the Motley Crew Tribute, Minnesota's Theater of Pain. Here's some of their dates coming up. Okay. Pioneer Place Theater in St. Cloud on September 9th. September 30th, Black Horse in Winona. October 7th, the Doghouse in Maplewood with Anthem. October 27th, at the Minnesota Music Cafe with Kiss and Time. That would be a good – that's a big, large venue with a big stage, and they can. you'll see the – and then you know, Crew and Kiss tour together at one time when Crew first started, I thought. They may have. Uh, Big Guys Barbecue in Hudson on the 28th. You got Hudson on the 18th. And Shamrocks in St. Paul, February 10th. Kind of getting out there, but book those. Shamrocks, February 10th. That'd be that. Well, Valentine's Day gift. Take the missus to go A see. Free Peter Valentine's Brown. gift. Yes. Yes. And just to mention again, October 27th, they will be at the Halloween Bash with Kiss and Time. Okay. Um, $10, doors open at 6.30, showtime at 8.30. So get there at 10, two hours to kill. You cook a couple of beers, something to eat. They got some neat stuff to look at there at the Minnesota Music Cafe. So pretty cool thing. Non Grata, here's some of their dates. Iowa and Illinois coming up there for you. September dates, the 9th, 15th, 22, 23. So if you're down that, that way, 
highly recommend you go check them out. Tell Talon I said hi. Yes. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Dan. Shout out to Rick Rock and Roll. Oh, yes. Your boys. The 2023 Ghosts of Christmas Eve, the best of TSO and more. Now, the tour starts pretty soon, but to keep in Minnesota tradition, the 30th and 31st at XL Energy Center. Okay. So uh, plan accordingly if you're going downtown for New Year's Eve, those things. A couple other shows, speaking of the XL Energy Center, a couple shows are in our genre. Eric Clapton, September 14th with Jimmy Vaughn. And Dave Chappelle, September 23rd. So get ready September 23rd for all the local radio stations to have Dave on that morning or coming up to promote it. Dave Chappelle, um, I don't know if we could have him on the show because we don't have a censor button. Wow. He's pretty loose-lipped, but he's funny. I'm a big Chappelle guy. He, he doesn't hold back. I He reminds me a lot of Richard Pryor. Okay. In the... He just says stuff. Yeah, their stories are getting to their jokes, ha, 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 but the language. Richard Pryor dropped a lot of bombs in there. Were they necessary? Yes, no. That's up for a different day. Chappelle's kind of in that same genre. But it's the delivery. But it's the delivery. Just so like with, funny. Just like with Richard Pryor. The, he said it, but he almost kind of had to say that to make it funny because it was the delivery that made it funny, you know. That, that's another show for another day. And that is all I got here on the Sports and Songs podcast. That's well, my that's, bits uh, that's good stuff. Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle. Kind of like if you could bring back two bands from the past and current. That would be a good comedy tour. Richard Pryor and Dave Chappelle. That would be a good one to see together. Very interesting. Um, always have good uh, opinions and whatnot as well. Very good comedy. Now, the only last thing I've got for Fleetwood Mac, you know, 1975, when this album was coming out for rumors, they they did a, a big marketing, very aggressive marketing blitz. And so they wanted to promote this album. And so at the time, Warner Brothers, at the time, they requested 800,000 copies of advanced copies Warner Brothers did, which was a record at the time. Yeah, just for them, just just for um, Warner Brothers, we want eight hundred thousand. It's almost put platinum just by the single order itself. Right. We want those many advanced copies, and that was a, a record. That there was a historical record for Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, a lot of music sold over the years, but this was their record. Uh, Fleetwood Mac rumors, uh, unreal. Now, once again, you don't see that nowadays. It's. Oh. Uh, Digital and stuff, you won't see that. By the individual songs, not the album. But um, good stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to this this weekend, I think. The whole thing again, just to listen to it. It's very good stuff. And once again, listen to it from the music and then listen to it with the lyrics. A um, lot, of, lot of stuff being discussed. A lot of things being talked about there. 10, 11 songs, 40 minutes. Love it. It's one of those you can have on in the background and hear the music and enjoy it, but it's also you want to sit and listen to it and enjoy it also. Very, uh, very, very deep. 
But once again, leave your uh, questions and requests also in comments uh, down below the segment here, and um, we'll be sure to get to those and answer those. Um, that's all we've got for this week. Anything else, Andy? That's all I got. That's all I got. All right, Fleetwood Mac, rumors. Have a good one. Have a good week. See ya. See ya.